Hi, this is Jeff in Saxe, Texas, and just like Bob, I'm a tactical guy, and I like a tactical podcast. Jeff, wait a minute. That's practical guy and practical podcast. Oh, never mind. Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of the Handgun World Podcast, episode 519 to be exact. It's Sunday, August 16th, 2020. Uh, as you know, this is a practical show. I, I'm a practical guy and, and that's the way I like to keep this show rooted in common sense. I am not ex-military or ex-law enforcement. I'm not a custom gunsmith or an industry expert or anything like that. I'm just a regular guy who enjoys my Second Amendment rights and my freedoms, and I talk about that here on this show. I have another real good guest this week, uh, Greg Nichols. I'll be introducing him shortly when I uh, when I start the uh, recorded interview. Uh, let me just remind you, this show is sponsored by Concealment Solutions, makers of fantastic holsters if you need a good holster check out concealment solutions a cool thing's going on right now for the month of august you get a 15 percent discount on those holsters just because you listen to the handgun world podcast that coupon code is handgun world all one word and you get 15 percent off here's what's even better if you're a member of my shooters club you get another 15%, or not, excuse me, you get the 15% off continued through the month of September. So Shooters Club members in the month of September also get 15% off, and all you have to do is send me an email, and I will send you back the coupon code that you use to get your 15% off during the month of December. Concealmentsolutions.com, check them out, and a link will be in the show notes. Another benefit that Shooters Club members get, you get a discount on all the classes that I teach with Ben Branham, starting with September 19th and 20th in San Antonio, November 7th and 8th in Dallas, and possibly more to come. So you get a Shooters Club member discount off of the regular price, a nice one. Once again, if you want to attend the class, email me and I will give you, if you're a Shooters Club member, I'm going to match you up with our membership list and then I will send you the the discount code and also if you're a graduate if you're a past graduate of one of our classes uh, same thing send me uh, an email or send Ben Branham an email and we will give you the discount code so to introduce my next guest coming up you know we, we've all been seeing a lot of the riots and the mobs and the and everything all the chaos going on on tv across america and even some in other countries and i think we all kind of look at that in sadness and, and wish it wasn't so but it is uh so greg nichols is an expert in that and i asked him to come on the show he's from suarez international and i'm going to kind of let him introduce himself when i get the recording started but i thought it was an appropriate topic given what a lot of us are seeing out there today so here we go let's get greg nichols from suarez international to join us right now okay folks i got a special guest for this episode greg nichols 
from Suarez International. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks, sir. It's it's good to have you, and thanks in advance for taking your time because uh, I know time's valuable, and we only have so much of it, and so I appreciate you doing this. Well, I, I'm just glad to be here, uh, Bob. Uh, you know, you do a great show, and uh, I'm just I'm I'm just tickled to be a guest. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank, I'll try to make it easy on you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make it too easy. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> tell people, tell people who you are. Yeah, explain to people a little bit about your background, who you are, and uh, as much as you feel comfortable sharing. Yes, sir. Uh, so, um, uh, so I, uh, I, I grew up with guns as a young kid. Um, I started competitively shooting at eleven. Um, and then joined the service. I did a decade there with the military police, uh, did some fun stuff there. Um, generally became a urban and, uh, uh, close warfare specialist and then found Suarez who are big fans of close range gunfighting and, you know, general close range stuff, uh, taught for a few years for Naval Special Warfare in that genre and in their, uh, in their special warfare pipeline. And then, uh, I don't know. Here I am. Getting well, old, getting good. fat. Uh, that makes two of us. <laughs> Hi, makes- Lerona. Hiding from the Rona, yeah, and the Rona's keeping a lot of us out of the gym these days, too, huh? Oh, my God. I I, I don't even want to get started on that. Uh, okay, we, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Sorry about that. I, I mean, we're, we're, we're Facebook friends, so you've seen my last profile picture. I have. And I've shrunk. I've shrunk. I... I'm built like Frodo right now. <laughs> built like Frodo. Because I can't lift weights. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, you know, to shut down the gyms is just insane, you know. Yeah, but it is. That, it is. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's what we're here to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. We will move on. So before we started this, I asked you if you had an idea, and you actually came up with a pretty good one. You wanted to talk about, you know, uh, what happens if riots or protesting or something like that comes to your neighborhoods. That you think that's a good topic? Well, I think I think it's uh, relevant. Um, Very much I, relevant. I think- I think it's relevant. I think it's prevalent, um, and I, I think it holds a really, you know, solid portion of America's attention. You know, um, because people really don't know what they can and can't do with their vehicle. What what they should and should not do with their vehicle. It, it, there, there's just so many what ifs for the majority of America. I, I, I really don't like. I, it's it's a subject I want to address. Let's I go guess. for it. Let's go for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So, 
where should we start? Okay, so we've got we 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 got the uh, we got the folks out there that that I in my opinion they they hate America they hate freedom they hate what people stand for they don't like the whole system and they're going out into the streets they're burning crap down they're blowing stuff up they're threatening people on their own property and stuff like that so what can we private citizens what in your opinion what can we do at least within the law to uh to to help mitigate some of that stuff first you mentioned a vehicle talk about that okay so democrats um sorry okay (laughs) i don't want to get political yeah we try not to get Uh, too political so there's a number of things there um i mean there there's a number of issues there uh because you have to deal number one with state rights um what is what are your rights within the community of your state and what's in your state's constitution about community rights uh in my opinion and i'm I'm down here in arizona so you know it's free america you know so is texas america (laughs) yeah texas arizona New Mexico. That's where I am. I'm in. I'm in South Texas. I'm in a. I'm in a free area too, at least for a little while. Uh, yeah, for a bit. Yeah, yeah. This is free America. So, while you may not have. All right, I want to step back. So there's a thing called uh, uh, Castle Doctrine within the law that allows you to protect not only your life but your property. And in a lot of the southwestern states, castle doctrine is the law. So if you step on my property, well, within reason, if you step on my property with a hostile intent, I can shoot you. Okay. If you step on my property trying to take my personal property, I can also shoot you. But I would say that wouldn't be a good idea, would it? Not a, not a great plan. No. Yeah. No. No. Uh, you know, when you're when you're when you're talking about uh, you know prosecution, all this kind of stuff, which attorneys and prosecutors tend to lean left, that's not a great idea. But it's on the books. Um, I don't think it's a great idea, and I don't necessarily agree with it. Because my property is something, you know, I spent time and money earning, but it's not my family. It's not my children. It's not my wife. It's, you know. Right. It's not, it's not an irreplaceable item. Absolutely. It's not. Your life, your life or the life of your loved ones, that's not replaceable. Exactly. That's an irreplaceable item. And so, uh, yeah, you know, come take my TV. I really don't care. You know, I got, I got this sweet couch I just bought, you know, take it, you know, whatever. I don't care. It's stuff. It's stuff. Uh, but you have the legal opportunity Oh, I don't know if opportunity is the right word. You have the legal stance to defend those things. 
and you should defend those things okay. because they're yours. That is time. That is money. That is effort that you expended to earn those things. Right? True. That's true. Right? So you expended your own life to earn those things. You sold your time. You sold your effort. You sold your sweat. You've got sweat equity in those things. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. You sold your, your time. You sold part of your life to get that property. Exactly. You trade your life for that stuff. Yeah, we all, most of us do. That's correct. Yeah, legitimately, you trade your life for that stuff. Now, it's not like a log cabin that you chop down with an axe by yourself. It, like, that's legit sweat equity. Like, you put in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you exchange 40 hours a week for some corporation and they paid you a paycheck... And you sat there and you 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 stressed about it and you did the work and you know you accomplished what they wanted you to accomplish. Uh, that's still sweat equity. You, it you is. put in the work. It is, yeah. You know, you're, you're you're trading service for product. I've done it for I've done it for 32 years. I I don't own my own business. I've traded my hours, my time, and part of my life for a certain amount of money, and and then of course I do what I wish with that money. But you're right. I sold off a part of my life for that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You're trading your life for a negotiated dollar amount. So it's something that we, we it's something that we have a right to protect. I get that. So let me get to you. Let me hit you with a direct question, and it's perfectly acceptable. Whatever your opinion is on this, I'm I'm okay with it. Let's talk about the two lawyers in St. Louis that had several hundred people, several hundred people barge into their private gated community. Go in a, a, a place, trespass, basically. They, they were trespassing. They were protesting. What What, what are your thoughts on that? What are, what are your Love thoughts? Them. Love, Love them. I, I mean, I, I hate the pink uh, uh, polo and the, uh, <laughs> the linen. <laughs> that, that was not a good... That was not a good outfit for that. It was a new tactical uh, look, huh? <laughs> you know, that's a, you know, that's a solid choice. You know, bull blue <laughs> cotton. <laughs> See how it turns out. Uh, but you like what they did. You like what they did. I do. I love it. I love it. And they should have. I mean, their their house was a museum quality. Uh, it, it is. Yeah. Not, not a recreation. Uh, what do I call it? Uh, uh Replication. Quality, uh, well, not even that. I, it was a rebuild. Uh, oh, okay. What do they do with cars? Restoration. Restoration. Museum quality. Yeah, museum quality restoration, and it was gorgeous. Now, I don't. I'm not a fan of their firearm choice. Uh, but I'm 100 percent 
a fan of what they did. Well, I thought I'm not a big fan of their firearms choices either. But hey, at least they uh, they succeeded in rule number one. They had guns. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, step out. Well, it, not only that, they were bold enough to do it. Yeah. Like that's the biggest thing. They were bold enough to do it. And so when you when you're since our you know the crux of our conversation is about riots and mobs they did the right thing they stepped outside of their house they 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 set up a standpoint like you will not cross this line mm-hmm. type thing and they held it amazing amazing yeah it is amazing and where they live if i'm not mistaken uh, the state of Missouri is relatively gun-friendly, but I think where they actually live, I don't think it was in a really super gun-friendly area either. Well, well, and see, that's kind of a thing, too, because they're in a fully gated community. Mm-hmm. So there is no, uh, what do I want to say? There's no city purview. They pay for the streets. They pay for the sidewalks. They pay for the fences. They, all of that is theirs. It's private property. All of that, yeah, all of that is their easement. Uh, if, if you're familiar with property, all of that is their easement. That's theirs all the way up to the, to the curb on the street. Uh, so they were 100% right. That is their property. It is their property, and so I want to throw a second question at you. Neither one of them, neither one of them, pressed the trigger. However, uh, it apparently it looked to me by watching the video they were ready to press the trigger if they had to. Greg, would you say in that situation that it's very likely that not only their property but their lives could have been threatened or in danger? I would say they were threatened. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. No question. Uh, that the wife was holding a disabled handgun mm-hmm. as a threat is bad. Um, I bet the crowd didn't know it was disabled, that, though. Yeah, a disabled handgun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was workable. You could, you know, obviously, you know, because the, uh, the armors put it back together. So yeah. they could charge it, you know. It, obviously, it was a workable handgun, but at the moment was disabled, and obviously, I mean, I hate to say this because I don't want to degrade them, but they're clearly not trained at all. Well, no, they're not. They're not. And but that's okay. And I bet the husband's AR, though. I bet he could have easily fired that. I bet he probably could have used that if he needed to. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and there's nothing wrong. But I think yeah. he would have had. If I'm not mistaken, he would have had to put a magazine in it and charge it first, right? <laughs> Didn't the guy walk out without a mag in the in the AR? I think he did. Uh, yeah. He had a mag. He had a. Mag. Oh, he did have a mag. Okay. Okay. I don't know if it was charged or not, and uh, it was a twenty rounder, which you know, sad face. I mean, I've got a three oh eight with a twenty five rounder in it. So okay, then I'm mistaken. I'm mistaken about that. I don't know why I was thinking that, but 
Uh, but anyway, so they've he's got, got poor, he's got poor tool choice, uh, and ah, I, I. But he's got three hundred people in there that are shouting, screaming, threatening him and his wife and his property. I am so torn. I am so torn on that because they did the right thing. They went out. Uh, they demonstrated a threat. To their property from the mob. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. They they went out and demonstrated ballistic authority to protect their stuff, which I'm a hundred percent on board with. But that she had a, a disabled gun and he's got a substandard weapon hurts my soul. Because I know, I, I heard the recordings, I know those people were shouting threats and all this kind of stuff. They were. And, like, and I mean, with tw- seriously, he's got no handgun, he's got 20 rounds, no body armor. Like, he put himself in a really bad position. Mm-hmm. I'm, glad he did, I'm glad he did it from the... the 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 moral, legal, and ethical standpoint of taking a stand. I'm glad he did it. Uh, but the way they went about it and the tools they used weren't all that great. It was unsafe. Unsafe. Which, unsafe. which underscores the incredible need for training for people. It's not They can't just go buy a gun and say, okay, I'm going to whip this thing out if the mobs hit my front yard. It's it's a little bit more uh, involved than that, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of discernment in there. There's a lot of, uh, you know, decision-making and, and things of that nature. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I like to think that I'm pretty talented with guns um, and urban warfare, but, you know, uh, that comes with a lot of experience, a lot of ability to shoot, move, communicate that does not exist inside the civilian market. No, not mostly. I mean, unless somebody seeks that training out. Well, even even then, I mean, you you get a you know a couple weekends of training. Like there's there's a lot to it. There uh, is a lot. There's to a it. reason. Yeah, there's a reason that urban warfare is the most dangerous warfare in any military campaign. Ooh, great I mean, point, sure. Greg. Great point. <laughs> That's a good point. All right, so that leads me to my next leading question. I love asking these leading questions. So, Hit me. Bob Maine, that's me, here in San Antonio, Texas. I go cruising downtown San Antonio in my Toyota 4Runner, and, and I got my Glock 19 Gen 5 on me and a spare magazine, like I 95% of the time do, and all of a sudden, for some reason... 50 people converge on my vehicle because they're in protest of something and I just they're not they're not trying to come at me but I happen to get caught up in the middle of that thing and they got bats and they're smashing in my my windshield and they're taking out my headlights and all that what what should I do <laughs> go loud 
<laughs> Just go loud. Go loud. Uh, so okay. No, re- re- realistically, all right. So it, when when you're caught up in uh, some sort of riot, uh, well, I don't want to say riots, you know, because that's not politically correct. Let's call it a air quote mass demonstration. <laughs> but it's not peaceful, though. But it's not. It's not. It's a mass demonstration that houses violence. Uh, because they all do. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying that because I'm politically motivated or whatever. Anyway, uh, so anyway, so let's what can I do with my vehicle? So, number one, your vehicle is your number one weapon. Uh huh. Hundred percent. That is your number one weapon. It is armor. It is speed. It is. Uh, weight, a lot of weight. It, 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 yeah, it, yeah, it's weight. It's a lot of force. Speed, you can maneuver. Uh, you know, it, it is a great force multiplier. Mm-hmm. Your vehicle is number one. There is no way in this world that I would even consider trying to shoot somebody. If I'm behind the wheel of a gun or uh, of a car, not you know, now that's the you're the first one in a long time that I have heard say that. Explain, yeah. explain. So, all right. So, uh, from my standpoint, and so uh, as a military policeman and SRT, we spent a lot of time behind the wheel of vehicles, and and we did a lot of. Um, uh, executive protection, that kind of thing. And so if you're driving, you drive. If you're shooting, you shoot. Mm. But if you're if you're behind the wheel, you have a 2,700-pound-plus vehicle. That is a weapon. Yeah, it sure and is. You drive that weapon. You use that weapon. You direct that... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, it, it's almost getting. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna drive on with this. Okay. <laughs> you use that weapon to the best of its ability. It is a weapon. And I would use that to the best of my ability to use that that huge, powerful twenty seven hundred pound SUV that I'm driving. It's an advantage. Or, yeah. Or maybe even weighs more than that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Show me, show me a pistol round or a rifle round or a shotgun round that is more effective than three thousand pounds of steel. Show me one. No, I understand your point correctly. Okay, so, so I make that choice and I try to. What am I going to do? What am I going to hit the gas? Try to get out of that crowd? What do I do? Well, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, in fact, a lot of my students like like fight me on this because they're like hey what about this and i'm like well it depends it depends and yeah it all depends if you're a good teacher that should be the answer that's your standard yeah. answer <laughs> that, that is the standard you're because right because there's too many what ifs there's too many what ifs and if you start waiting waiting through the depth of what ifs i mean what if i'm in a mini cooper what if i'm in an f-250 what if uh you mm-hmm. know there's too much 
There's too much. There's, uh, you just can't sort through it. You can't water it down. Uh, you know, everybody wants the the checklist. You know, the the simple checklist of this is the answer. Well, no, there's not. Okay, there's I'll not. pose a if couple scenarios to you then. Uh, All right, hit me. It's 50, 60, maybe 70 people. They're engaged in violent protests. They're throwing explosives all over the place. Like I said, they've taken out my windshield already with a with a tire iron, and they're working on my headlights and everything else. And do I, you think that I probably have a good reason to feel that my life could be next? Oh, well, you... You totally have lethal intent, so yeah, you can shoot them. Yeah. Uh, or 100%. I could do what? Or you gas it. So I gas so it. Okay. There's the, thing. there's the thing. You can shoot. Uh, so here's my stance. I will say this: you can shoot or you can drive. Mm. You can't do both. You can't do both. Can't Great both. point. Great point. You cannot do both effectively. Good it, point. It's impossible. It's impossible because you're dividing your your focus, you're dividing your consciousness. You know, if somebody smashes my driver's side window, I'm going to shoot him. Wait a minute, Greg. You said that you can't shoot and drive. Starsky and Hutch did. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> are you old enough to know who Starsky and Hutch are? <laughs> what the hell was that? Was that a Grand Torino? Oh, it was a Grand Torino, yes. <laughs> Yeah, that orange and white Gran Torino. Come on, get out of here. So it doesn't happen no. like that, does it? it? No, it doesn't happen like the movies. It doesn't happen like John Wick. You know, <laughs> uh, get out of here. Get out of here. Nobody that's actually been in a offensive vehicle driving position mm-hmm. or an offensive vehicle gunfight is ever going to look at any movie and be like, oh, that totally makes sense. I just had to throw I mean, some humor in there. But there are actually people who probably think it goes down like that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. In fact, when I was in offensive driving school, uh, freaking, uh, like, we were taught to approach obstacles at 30 miles an hour and shove them out of our way. Mm. Not slam through them like the movies. And there's a number of things involved with that. So when dealing with your vehicle, so it depends on the vehicle. You know, if you've got a big four-wheel drive F-250, yeah, yeah, why not? With a big old protester pusher on the front, you know, <laughs> jam through them. Yeah, of you course. Know, good for you. Good for you. You know, uh, if you're driving a Mini Cooper, yeah, that ain't going to work. Yeah, the Honda Civic, you're going to be at a disadvantage probably, right? Honda Civic, yeah, Honda Civic, Audi S8, you know, any sort of reasonable sedan, that's not going to happen. That ain't going to happen. So there's a number of things involved with that. And the biggest one to me, uh, from from my perspective, is you're going to disable your vehicle. Mm -hmm. Your vehicle's going to stop. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that a little bit. Actually, that's good. That's a good topic. So, so there's a couple of things involved with an impact with a vehicle. Uh, one is inertia. Two is speed. Three is uh, 
interior accoutrements that are not chained down. Mm-hmm. And four is fuel. So when you impact an object, any object, protester, barricade, barricaded car, whatever. So when you impact an object, if you hit it with enough speed, you create the inertia that will set off the airbags. Right. Nine times out of ten, when you send off airbags, there are also fuel cutoffs and or battery cutoffs that kill the vehicle. Okay. So you're not just setting off airbags, you're killing your vehicle, which means you can't drive, which means you can't leave, which means you're in danger. And that takes all the whole shooting and driving myth, that kind of blows that whole notion right out of the water right there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Because if you're in the middle of a riot and you hit somebody hard enough to disable your airbags, your fuel, and your battery, where are you going? Yeah, that's right. What are you doing? You can't. you, You can't. You're done. You're, you know... At that point, you're you're at the mercy of the mob, and which is not that? a good position to be in. No, hell no. I, 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 I like to think I'm pretty talented with a gun, but fifty people, nope. And you know, I don't believe that I exaggerated too much with what's going on in the world today and everything we're seeing across America in major cities. I don't think it's inconceivable that somebody just might find themselves in that situation. No, it's not. And, and you've seen it time and time again on Facebook and whatever. Yeah. I apologize. I'm throwing in a chew because I think better with dipping my. Mouth. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Think better with dip in your mouth. There we go. That's good. I do. I do. It's a, it's a thing. It's it's amazing to me because you see it time and time again. Like like that one poor horse rancher, you know, driving through that crowd, and mm. they tried to set fire to his horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Did you see that? Uh, vaguely. They were throwing Molotov cocktails in on his horses. I don't believe I saw that, no. And, you know, heck yes. You got a one-ton pickup truck with three tons worth of trailer behind you. Yeah, yeah, drive through that because you can. Mm. You know, if you got an Audi S8, no, you're not driving through that. Forget it. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's quite a bit of discernment in this also because do you know how to drive in reverse? Can you hit 30 miles an hour driving in reverse just so you can make that, that cross street? I don't think so. I, I'd probably have a hard time keeping it straight doing 30 in reverse if I could. Right, there's still tools. Yeah, there's still tools. Can you J turn? You know, can can you you punch that thing out and spin the wheels, drive the front end over, and leave 
the direction you came from. If I know what I'm doing, I suppose I could. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, it's a, it, 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 yeah, it's a totally, you know, uh, useful device. I mean, it's done all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, do you know how to J turn? Do you know how to handle your vehicle? Have you disabled your airbags? Hmm. Did you disable your anti-skid steering? Have you strapped down everything inside your vehicle? Because as soon as you have an impact, everything inside the vehicle becomes a projectile that can kill you. You know, and I'm glad you brought that up, Greg, and I'm glad you brought up all this airbag stuff because I have a feeling that people don't think about this enough. I mean, if your airbags deploy, you're screwed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're basically yeah. you're basically just done. Uh, and when I when I say that, I mean uh, using. Wouldn't you say if your airbags deployed, you're you're done using your vehicle as a fighting weapon? Mostly, yeah, yeah, mostly, yeah. That's what uh, I meant to say by that. Well, and it's going to disorient you. Mm-hmm. And if you hit, if you've hit with enough force to de- to uh, deploy the airbags. You've also hit with enough force to throw anything inside the vehicle like a projectile. Yeah, and they and things do become projectiles. Yes. Yeah, you wrench set. You get you got a uh, uh, what do you call it a a lug wrench Uh that's not secured. All that becomes airborne, and if it be if it becomes airborne, that means it can impact the back of your skull. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which, which takes you out of the fight. Uh, definitely. That stuff has to be secure. Yeah, that stuff has to be secure. So it's not just about the car. It's about the setup of the vehicle. Uh, so, like, I was just writing something the other day on uh, – uh, somebody was asking a question about, uh, like, a vehicle carbine and how they should set it up throughout their vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, so you put the bag that supports that carbine in the back seat, assuming you have four doors, in the back seat, secured around the headrest. That prevents that 10 pounds of ammunition from hitting you in the back of the head mm-hmm. because because it's secured around the headrest. So as you pop the first door, you come out and you got your handgun and you're putting in work you duck behind the second door as you open it and and i consider vehicles to be uh uh, semi-permeable um uh because given the right circumstances ammunition is going to drive all the way through that thing like the, the the metal's not that thick you know and even if it hits the framework it's still a crapshoot, right? Correct. So I, I I consider vehicles semi-permeable cover. And so you open the first door, you get out. You open the second door, which gives you a little bit more cover. Well, a little bit more permeable cover. Uh-huh. You grab your bag. You go around to the back end of the vehicle. You open that up, and you get your carbine. And so it's a staged event. While you're fighting, 
that you constantly increase your available cover. And your access to your next weapon. Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. You scale up while protecting yourself as best you can in that environment because it's not – I mean, clearly, if you're doing that, it's not an ideal situation. No, it's not. So – Pause for just a second. So let's let's go back. Let's go back to the scenario. I'm all of a sudden I'm I'm in my vehicle and I got my I'm carrying my Glock and and I got 50 people that want to basically not only destroy my vehicle but probably take me out of it and hang and wrap me around whatever they want to wrap me around and shoot me or whatever. <laughs> so when do I start? When do I start shooting instead of using my vehicle as a weapon? Oh, uh, or do, or, or I know you're going to say it depends. <laughs> I know, I know. I it was, depends. I was thinking of that. <laughs> and, and, and I was trying to think of a more definitive answer. Uh, well, definitively, how- definitively, if I was going to assign a pinpoint of when you get out, well, Actually, there's two points. There's two points. When mm. do you start shooting and when do you get out? Ah, yeah. Good points. Uh, right? So, in my opinion, and I don't care, all the keyboard commandos can tell me I'm wrong. In my opinion, if you're driving, you drive. Your number one, your number one focus is driving that vehicle. Good if point. you're driving, you drive because the vehicle's a weapon, the momentum is a weapon, the speed is a weapon, the tires are a weapon. That is the weapon. And so if you're driving, you should not be shooting under any circumstances. If you're driving, you shouldn't be shooting because that vehicle is a weapon. If you're shooting, you shoot. So, in my opinion, anybody in the passenger seat that knows how to shoot should be shooting. Okay. So, to answer your question, it's a division. Uh, So, as a driver, as a solo driver, which I'm assuming is the basis of the question. Yeah, that's the basis of my scenario. I'm, I'm driving solo, yes. As soon as I lose momentum and or drive of the vehicle, I'm shooting. Okay, okay. Now I'll complicate things more because I love to do this, but that's okay because your answers are great. Your answers are great, Greg, and and this is extremely educational for me and my audience. So my wife is in the passenger seat and one one of my kids is in the back. Now what? Who's the shooter? Well, let's say my wife's not carrying, which she doesn't. Is there a gun in the car? Only on my hip. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, that's a little dodgy. All right, uh, mm-hmm. so <laughs> so if you're going to exit the vehicle, you have to position the vehicle in such a way that it's between you 
and the assault. Ah, good. Okay. All right. And then you exit on the side away from the assault. In general, like I was talking about, like having your bag staged in the back seat behind the, you know, with the headrest and then your long gun behind that. That's in anticipation that you're receiving frontal assault. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Right? So if you're receiving assault, I know it's very counterintuitive. It is very counterintuitive. In fact, uh, it's uh, uh, accident statistics that uh, single people by themselves will swerve the passenger side of the car into an accident, whereas married folks will swing the driver's side of the car into the accident. <laughs> Good point. That's great. It's statistical. That's great. It is 100% statistical. Uh, because they're looking to protect, you know, what matters most to them. Does uh-huh. that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yes. And so, so they 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 maneuver the vehicle in an accident so that the the driver, you know, the decision maker, is getting injured versus the occupants. And so it's it's counterintuitive to do that. Uh, to maneuver the vehicle in such a way that in your lizard brain, your occupants are more exposed. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. No, Uh, I I understand you completely, and I think people listening, and that's something, you know, I didn't know that uh, the difference between single people and married people and how they're going to position that car. Yes, because that's natural. Your lizard brain is going to say, protect what means the most to me. And yep, if you just you, do it. If, you you're, do it. if you're riding solo, you're going to protect yourself. Yeah, and you just do it. But when you're, when well, from like an uh, executive protection standpoint, you know, you always roll the car or the vehicle, whatever, the Tahoe, the the limo, whatever, you always roll that to the portion of the most threat. Mm-hmm. And when 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 you're a civilian taking care of your family, you should do the same thing, which is not common. It's it's not common. Uh, in fact, you have to think about it. Mm-hmm. You, you actually have to spend some some mental energy on thinking about that because you don't because you always roll the passenger side like like from a civilian st- or not civilian from a uh, I hate to say I, I hate civilian and military law enforcement blah 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 because just from a domestic standpoint you're going to take care of those that you care about. Yeah, yeah that's and right. you're you're automatically going to react that way, but you can't. <laughs> yeah, you can't. <laughs> you, you you can't in that kind of situation. You you can't in that event because the the, the game has changed. The the rules have changed. Uh, the threat level has changed. You you can't do it. It it, it just doesn't work. And then you have to 
And then here's the one that, that really throws people is you have to leave the vehicle on the opposite side. And, and Gabe and I, uh, for those that don't know, I'm a, a Suarez International instructor uh, for Gabe Suarez. Uh, when Gabe and I demoed this at a class, we did an ultimate rifle class. I don't know if you've seen the video, <laughs> but no. it took me, it took me like 10 minutes to get out of the vehicle because I, it was my Hummer with 35 inch mud tires on it, big old monster. <laughs> but it took me like forever to get out of the vehicle because I had to crawl over the center console over the driver's seat and out the door. You leave from the point of the vehicle that is getting the least amount of aggression. Now, I would have a little bit easier time because I don't have a Hummer with 35-inch wheels. I, I have a I have a, a, a Forerunner with 17-inch wheels, and it's easier to get out of that thing. Well, I'll, I'll take a Forerunner, but Jesus, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not a big man. I'm not a big man. <laughs> no. I'm a little guy. Yeah. I, I know you've seen hard the Facebook for you. picture, but yeah. So it was, so getting out of that Hummer was tough, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. You got to go in. Thank God I didn't break anything <laughs> on me or the vehicle. But yeah, I had to dive over the center console. I had to throw my rifle on the on the dash and 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 bounce out. And then once I hit the ground. You know, I had to, uh, you know, check to make sure the rifle was loaded, make sure the magazine was seated, and then we did our, our, you know, shoot, move, and communicate outside of the vehicle. But that's a lot of work, and it's not fast. It's, Especially it's not under fast. stress if you're being attacked. Oh, my God, no. Yeah. No. Stress, yeah. stress just multiplies the difficulty exponentially. Oh, for sure. And, you know, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that everybody should. <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to make this. It's OK. Digestible, digestible, I guess. It, I'm not saying everybody needs to have a a charged, fully loaded uh, shotgun. In their center console. I'm not saying that, you know, when you drive through a large, air quote, democratic city. Uh, <laughs> You're that, funny. Because because that's where it happens. Uh, mostly, it, yeah. Mostly, yeah. You know, you know. I'm not saying you got to have a, a rifle barrel down between your feet and, and be prepared to shoot through the windshield. That's another thing, actually. Uh uh, that's actually another thing on vehicle combatives that is is huge. Is everybody on TV shoots out the window? Yeah. No. Shoot through it. Yeah. Right through it. Right through it. And the one thing that uh, have you seen Sicario? No. Have you seen that? No. What? No. <laughs> I'll plead ignorance. <laughs> oh my God. So anyway, they're they're crossing the uh, Mexican American border, and uh, the 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 folks inside the vehicle feel a gunfight. And if you've ever been in a gunfight, you you know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And they're all like, one of them starts to crack the window, 
and they're like, roll your window down, roll your window down. And so they're rolling windows down, and that's about overpressure. Because if you've ever had a gunfight from a vehicle, it's terrible. It it's a it's a knife fight in a phone booth. It's terrible. It's loud. The overpressure is insane. If you don't roll down the windows, it's really concussive and it will mess you up. Good lesson uh, there, Greg. Good lesson. Good lesson right a there. Lot. So if you're gonna shoot from inside your car, roll the window down. Because it's loud, it's concussive, it'll mess your hearing up, it will mess up your equilibrium, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll shake the, the fluids in your ear. It, it's really bad. So anybody that's been in a vehicle gunfight will roll the windows down because it's beneficial. And yeah. So in Sicario, they actually roll the windows down, and I was like, oh, sh- I'm sorry, I almost cursed. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah, they rolled the windows down. Good for them. And and that's a thing. So, I, I mean, there's so, there's so much involved with this. And, you know, I, I, I hear other instructors trying to teach on it. And it's like, yep, he's never been in a gun, gun battle in a car. And I am going to probably safely assume you've been in probably more than one. I've had a couple. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Panama was sporty. Uh, I, I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say. Uh, yeah, it, you roll down the windows unless it's armored up, and then you just drive through. Right. But you know, if you're doing EP and which I don't. I think I'm getting off topic, actually. Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay because we can save we can save a lot of this for part two because we're kind of running out of time a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, that's sorry. okay, Greg. You have you have really gotten into some really good stuff here. Um, this this is this is stuff that a lot of people, including me, we don't think all of this through. Um, and I always encourage people on my show, I've been doing this in the 11 years that I've been podcasting, you've got to think this stuff throughout in advance. You've got to talk to experts, you've got to pe- talk to people who have been there, done that. You know, I would definitely, you know, say that if it's, if it's some kind of a gunfight from your vehicle, whether it's a mob situation or not, you know, think it through, talk to people like Greg Nichols and others that, that, that have this stuff down. So thanks, thanks well, for my, sharing it. My number one thing is, and I, I, I say this over and over and over again to anybody that comes to my classes, is think, move, shoot. In that order. Like think, that, move, that, and shoot. You have to do it in that order. You have to think, you have to move, you have to shoot in that order. Uh you know, if you can leave the situation without driving through, you know, BLM protest. Actually, I drove through one, to be honest with you. You did? Uh, I drove through one. I did. I did. Down here in, in Phoenix, uh, I went out to lunch, <coughs> and BLM folks, you know, had their little protest on a bridge uh, as I was coming back from work, and... I had my uh, H3 Hummer with 35s and a protester pusher on the front. 
and I just hit the horn. Like, yep, nope, not slowing down. I'm doing 45, and you're like, you're not stopping me. And the funniest thing was, on the other side of that was a Native American with a sign that said Red Lives Matter, which was amazing. Oh, wow. I I nearly peed myself laughing. Like, <laughs> that, absolutely, absolutely, you know. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah, I drove through a protest, and they're like, hey, Native, Native Lives Matter, and I, I totally get that. You know, all lives matter. They all do. Well, you know, ish. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me put it this way: unless uh, unless it's it's someone trying to to kill me, then then my life matters more. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. 100% correct. You know, that's you know, that's the way matter, I'll leave it. Do they really? Do they really uh, Not know, if somebody's to, trying to kill me and, and I'm about to die, then my life matters more. I'll say that. Ex- exactly. You're, you're trying to kill a child? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to have words. Yeah. Well, more, yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be good at doing a lot of that. So, Greg, uh, this is this is really good. Um and I definitely got to have you back for a part two, without a doubt, without a doubt. And uh, um, let's let's plan on setting that up in the next two to three weeks because I got more questions for you. And I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to have more questions for you. Uh, I think I'm probably going to be getting some emails and Facebook posts with questions and things. So are you willing to come back? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I apologize. I, I bunny trail quite a bit. Um, uh, that's okay, and I'm I, I'm sure there's well I know for certain there's a ton of details just just surrounding the vehicle that I didn't touch on, um, which we will we had, will in the next one for sure. Yeah, yeah. Without a three day class and powerpoints and stuff like that, it's <laughs> it, it, it's kind of hard to. You know, you know, consolidate those those thoughts and that thought process in, to deliver it in a hour format. Well, and one of my one of my goals has always been to stimulate the need for the three day classes and powerpoints and time out on the range and and practicing and 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 strategizing and things like that. This is why this is why people need to do this because because there's so many variables and things. As the old saying goes, you don't know what you don't know. Correct. Correct. Um, yep. Greg, thanks. Thanks. Before we sign off, before we sign off, uh, advertise yourself. Tell people where they can find out more about you and possibly take your classes. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, sir. Uh, um, actually, I'm a, a Suarez International uh, instructor I'm here in Phoenix. Um, I travel. I, I go anywhere. So I, I've done tons of uh, my CQB courses across the country, you know, east to west coast, you know, that's no big deal. I'll come out and do that. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm located here in Phoenix, uh, right now with the Rona, you know, it's hard to book things. Yeah, it but, is. Yeah. And I'm not doing a class with a mask. I mean, get out of here. <laughs> but, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't go to the grocery store with a mask. I'm not doing it. 
but you know, uh, uh, I've got a couple of spots down here to do classes. So yeah, if anybody's interested and, uh, they like can find you on, go ahead. Specialties. They can find me on, uh, Warrior Talk, uh, and Suarez International. And Suarez International. And what are and your specialties? Generally, I gear more towards higher end stuff. So it's like CQB is my bread and butter. Like anything urban warfare and, uh, you know, close quarters combat is my bread and butter, but I, uh, I do a lot of, uh, uh, the, uh, counterinsurgency classes. Um, I do a lot of the counterterrorism classes and, and a lot of the more high end stuff. So, which means I don't teach a lot, but you know, for those that want it, come get it. Um, just hit me up and I will fly anywhere and teach anyone so, that's awesome you know, that's awesome thank you so greg, uh, greg nichols thanks for coming on folks thanks for listening uh and taking this time to listen i tell you what i just uh I, i've been writing some notes while you've been talking and i got some questions already lined up for part two so let's do this again soon well hit me up man i will yeah whenever i will thanks like, greg thank you very much appreciate you bob you got it Okay, many thanks to Greg Nichols. I really appreciate the time that, that guests give to me and to you, the listeners. So let's reward them. You want to take a class from Greg, check him out. There will be links in the show notes for his uh, his class listings and everything over at Suarez International. And I guarantee I'm going to have him back for a part two. And I also guarantee I'm going to have him do some material for the Shooters Club. So that's probably going to be in two to three weeks from now. There's a lot more that I want to ask him about this subject. And I'm also going to put some other information, like I said, on the Shooters Club. I'm going to ask Greg to contribute to that. Uh, it'll be an audio podcast, most likely. So for all you Shooters Club members, you're going to get a great benefit and even more material as uh, as you, know, you usually get. So really good stuff. Thank you again, Greg. I You know, it's it's really an honor to have you on the show. And uh, folks, that's pretty much about it. You know, before signing off, I want to talk about, uh, don't forget to use my Amazon store. If you make some Amazon purchases, you can support me that way. I only have one sponsor. That's Concealment Solutions that I talked about in the beginning of the show. So joining either uh, one, becoming a member of the Shooters Club, going to one of our classes, using my Amazon Amazon store, stuff like that. It'll really help me out. And uh, this show, it takes time. It takes money. It takes effort. Uh, it takes a while to you know get guests on the show and do the interviews and all that work and everything uh, to bring the content to you. And I hope that you'll learn something from it. And I can't forget mentioning the voicemail 210-646-1727. If you got a question for Greg or for me or for anybody else, uh, 210-646-1727. Call it in. It'll record you. I'll put you up on the show, and uh, and we'll talk about it. That's it, folks. Thanks for listening. 
Remember, evil does not exist in the holster. It exists in the hearts of men and women. So shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you next week.